Well, praise God. So the title of my message tonight, uh, and if you if you take notes, then you're a real Christian. So uh, <clears throat> if you so go ahead and get your notes out and take notes. And I, believe me, I have to write things down because if I don't write things down, man, I can't remember a thing. Um, I'm a contractor and I talk to people all the time. Sometimes two or three times a day, I'll talk to different people and they will say, Hey, remember we talked about that? And I'm like, hold on, let me get my notebook and I have to go through my notebook and, Oh yes, yes. I remember that because I wrote it down. And so it'll help you sometimes to write things down and to see it and to write it and to say it. They say, if you can do those three things, then you can remember things like uh, 80% better than when you just heard it the one time. So it's better if you write it down, if you read it. And so that's just a little another tidbit. And uh, so if you're like, oh, I'm not one of those note taker kind of people. Well, maybe tonight's your night because uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff here. And I hope that you'll take it home and, and dive into it and let God speak to you and show you even more. Isn't that cool? Does that be all right? It's a time to worship is the title of the message tonight. It's time to worship. I believe, I believe that we are in a season where God is calling us back to some basics. The simple things that mean the most to God. The simple things that mean the most to Him. Faith in Him. Obedience to Him. Love for Him. And worship shown to Him. I believe God is, and, and Miss McRae so powerfully been speaking, and Brother Donald, and uh, I love when uh, Miss McRae speaks and teaches us a lot about the Word and, uh, and prayer. And so, you know, her heart is, to pr- is, is for prayer, and it's so important. But, you know, everything that we do when it comes to the Lord comes by faith, and everything must be bathed in worship. So, so I get asked this question a lot, so, and I've talked to a lot of people over the years, what do you think worship is? What is worship? You know, and somebody says, oh, you know, that's the slow song where I get my feels and I'm like, oh, Jesus, ah, oh, so wonderful. And that's, that's what worship is. You know, it's that real intimate song, you know, where the music is soft. And Pastor Stephen goes, woo, and it makes, you know, whatever. I'm just saying, that's what you think. Sometimes we think that's what worship is, but um, I hate to burst your bubble, but that is not what worship is. Worship is not a song. Now, it, it is a, a, music is a vehicle for worship. But it is not worship in and of itself. You know why? Because I think a lot of times we say, well, I'm here to worship. And I, I, I'm just going to move. And I, I want to feel God's presence. And I want to I sense Him. And I want to follow Him. And I want to hear His voice. And, and did you hear what happened in those few sentences, what I just did? I, me, my, mine. Now, I don't know if you, if you, any English majors in here, but I think that's talking about me. Is that talking about God or is that talking about me? I don't know. And I think a lot of times we make worship about ourselves. It's, a, it's about us. But I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to declare to you today, worship is not about you. Now, having said that, God does want to minister to you and He does want to speak to you and He does want to show you His truth and He does want to open your eyes and He does want to bless you. But that's not the reason that we come to Him. It's not because we want something from Him. It's because we love Him. And because we love Him, because He loves us, He is blessing us. Do you believe that today? God wants to bless you, but He wants worship. And worship is critical. See, because salvation is a gift of love from God. But worship is our gift of love back to Him. Let me say that again. I think that's so good. Salvation is a gift of love from God. Worship is our gift of love back to Him. 1 John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, when I read that scripture for the first time, there's a few things that jumped out at me, and I'm going to just show them to you because I think it'll jump out at you too when I read it. It says, in the first verse there at the end, it says, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Now, how many of you want God to find you? How many of you want God seeking you? How many of you want the presence of God coming after you? How many of you want God to be coming boldly for you? See, we say, I want to come boldly into the room. I want to worship God. I want to seek God. But I'm telling you, a worshiper is one that God seeks. He's coming for you. So I want to be that kind of worshiper. Anybody else in here want to be that kind of worshiper? A person that God seeks? A person that says, God's coming after me? Man, what a powerful scripture. He seeks those that are worshipers. Those that worship in spirit and in truth. And it says the other word that really jumps out at me is the word must. M-U-S-T, and I ain't talking about the under, under um, armpit smell. It's must. The Father says you must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So tonight, I want to help us to understand what that means. And so that we can understand how we can we be these people that God seeks, that God's chasing after, that God wants to meet, that God is pressing towards. These people that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. So one more time, let me ask you this question. Do you want to be a person that God seeks? I don't know if you heard me. Do you want to be a person that God seeks? Now, it's okay if you talk to me because uh, 10 years of youth ministry, they're loud, you know, and they talk and, they, and it's okay. It don't bother me none at all. So let's talk about the who of worship. Who that we worship. Who it is that we worship. Because I, I believe in a lot of ways we think, you know, uh, worship is kind of about me. And we talked about that a little bit, how, you know, I, I want to be in his presence and I want to see this and I want to see that. I want to hear his voice. And all those things are great. But there's something more, there's something deeper that we need to realize and something that we need to understand when it comes to who we are worshiping. Because we are worshiping the creator of this planet, the creator of the world, the creator of you and I, the one who does it all. He's the one that spins the world on its axis. He's the one that counts the stars. He's the one that knows your every thought. He is God Almighty. And this is the one that we worship. So I'm going to give you a few, just a few descriptions of God, because if I was going to describe God, we could do that for the endless age and I would never have time to explain him in depth. But I'm going to give you a few things that I think are most important. And the first thing is this. I believe that God is the omniscient creator. He is the omniscient. Why do we worship him? Because he is the omniscient creator. He is the only one. There is none beside him. He is the only one. You can't point to anybody else and said they did that because God did it. You can't point to anything else and said, oh, it was a big bang and something happened and, and some gel come out of the mush and, be, and got legs and all of a sudden it's human. No, God said, let there be. And there was. He is the omniscient creator. And because he is the creator of all things, the creator of life, he deserves worship. He deserves our praise. He deserves the honor and the glory because he is our creator. Colossians chapter 1 verse 6. For by him were all things created. Say by him all things were created. Man, that's all they need right there. So by him all things were created there that all that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible. So I just want to make sure that you understand that he created everything you can see and even the things that you can't see. Whether by thrones or dominant uh, 
dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. For him. You were created for him. This planet was created for him. Your nasty shoes were created for him. Whatever it is that you say I got, it's not yours. It was created for him, by him, for him. This is why we worship, because he is the creator God. He created us to be his worshipers. He created us to be his people. He is not mission creator. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the same was the beginning was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing, anything made that was made. So if you didn't understand it the first time, He said, I made it all. And if you think I didn't make it all, I made the things you didn't think I made. And those things that you didn't even know I made, I made those things too. And I created you, and I know you very well. And that's what God's telling us. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. Now, also, you know, when I read the Bible, and I see, I see these connecting words like but, and, at, you know, we're, we're all. This word for right here, that word is a connecting word. It means that something happened here for something else happens. So let's read it again so that way you can get it. Worthy are, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. So he is deserving of the praise and the glory and the worship because he created everything. He is our omniscient creator. You've created all things and all things exist because you created what you pleased. So I want to say this to you, and I hope you hear this. God is pleased with you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Some of you in here, you've never heard that before. God is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. He is pleased with you. Some of you have said, maybe even this day or maybe even just an hour ago, God doesn't love me. He doesn't see me. He doesn't care. Right here in the scripture, he says, I'm pleased with you. Son, daughter, I love you. You say, well, you know, I, I don't have this and I, and, I, and I can't preach like Brother Donald. And I, and I, can't, and I can't do the things and I, I don't have the right job. I don't have the right finances. I don't have the right mate. I don't have this. I don't. No, 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 no. He is pleased with you just the way you are. He loves you, my child, my, daughter, my son, my daughter. He loves you so deeply. And that draws us to worship. That draws us to the King. It draws us to praise Him and to honor Him. All things exist because you created what you pleased. He is pleased with you. Mm. Next, so He's the omniscient creator. Next, He's the giving Father. One of my favorite attributes about Him, He's a giving Father. He loves to give good gifts. And there's so many great scriptures James chapter 1, verse 17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heaven, who never changes or cost, cast a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we out of creation became His prized possession. Out of all creation, you're His prized possession. He gives good gifts to His children. I love to bless my kids and I love to give them good gifts. But how much more, the word says, does God want to bless us and give us good gifts and give us his Holy Spirit? 
We does, he deserves all of our worship because he is a good father. He does good things. He does good things. He does good things for us. How many of you can think just a moment and say, I can think of a few things God's done good for me. Maybe if you don't have anything right now, I can just go ahead and tell you. You're sitting here. You got breath in your lungs. You got feet. Hallelujah. You got good things. You got a smile. You have people that love you. You have good things because God is good to you. Hallelujah. He's a good giving father. Are you thankful that he is a giving father? Not only did he give, but he gave his best. He gave Jesus Christ. He gave his only son to, because he loved us so much. He gave his best. I'm here to tell you, man, if you don't, if you don't have any other reason to figure out why we're here to worship God, God gave his only son to die for you and me so that we didn't have to die so that we could be free so that we could know him so that we could be a part of his family. Praise God almighty. For the gift of Jesus Christ and our giving Father who gave us all things. Who made all things but wanted to give us His best. Woo! Man, He's got so many good things, but He gave us His best things. Hallelujah. His Son and His Holy Spirit and His love. I'm telling you, if you don't understand anything else that I say tonight, if you don't hear anything else, just know that God loves you. He gave His best for you. And He deserves this, this worship because of those simple things. He's a giving father. He's a merciful judge. Are you thankful for the mercy of God? Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Where would I be if it wasn't for your mercy? Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Here's where I would be. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. His mercy humbled us. His mercy made me grateful. His mercy made me belong to him. So why don't you just say this because of God's great mercy. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. And God, I'm yours. Are you thankful for the merciful judge? He knew all of your failures. He knew all of your faults. He knew all of your shortcomings and mine as well. And I've got as many as all of you. But I'm here to tell you, he didn't look at my failures and my faults and say, you're judged. He looked at my failures and faults and saw the blood of Jesus and said, you're free. You're healed. You're purposed. If you don't have any other reason to worship, God has set you free from your lies and from your sin and from your past. Are you thankful that God doesn't remember the things in the past, but he sets us on a course that says you are my future? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a merciful, merciful judge. He's the humble sacrifice. But God demonstrates it. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. While we were in the dead. While we were in the dirt. While we were worthless. While Christ died for you. And for me. He is the humble sacrifice. And finally he's the reigning king. Psalm chapter 97 verse 9. Psalm chapter 97, verse 9. For you, Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. Listen, if you haven't looked at God's... And some of you, how many of you are my, you're my nature guys? You love hunting, you love being in the woods, and you love to just wake up. And I know when I go hunting, I like the early morning when everything's real quiet. You know, and you're sitting on the stand, and all of a sudden you start hearing the, the, the earth wake up, right? Everything's real quiet, but then things start to wake up. 
And I feel the glory of God. Does anybody else feel that when you're out there? Feel God's glory and His presence. And uh, just because, and then the sun rises. Uh, my wife and I, when we had our 10 year anniversary, as a matter of fact, we're celebrating, we just had 21 years. 20 years, 20 years. And sorry, we're working on 21. Hopefully I'll make it there. <laughs> um, on our 10 year anniversary, we went to Hawaii and there's this place called Haleakala. Is that right? And it's, it's this big, tall mountains. Matter of fact, it's one of the tallest mountains in the world, except most of it's underwater. And, uh, so we went to this tall mountain before the sunrise and the sun came up over the mountain. As soon as it came, come across the crest of the mountain, beams of light hit you. And I never felt anything. I felt God's just, I felt God's hand on my chest. It was so incredible. I was so moved. I could just feel the presence of God as I watched the sunrise. He is the reigning king. He is the one that created all things. He is God almighty. If he doesn't deserve glory and praise and honor and worship because of all of these simple things, then he doesn't deserve it at all. But I'm here to tell you, God deserves this and even more because this is just a scratch of the surface of who God is. He's our savior. He's our healer. He's our provider. He's our shepherd. He's our God. He's our trustworthy companion. He's our friend. There's no end to who God is. And because of those things, he deserves worship. Does anybody in here want to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who is Lord over all? So I have to ask this question and man, time is flying by. How do we worship such a holy God? So if you're writing notes, go ahead and write that. So how do I worship God? How do I do this? How do we worship God? Well, I hope that um, tonight this is just a, the beginning of something. And I'm so thankful for our pastors. And he's been talking to me over the past bunch of, actually about a year. And we're, 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 we're planning on uh, starting a class and some teaching on teach on worship. And I want to really dive into some things and really be able to give you some uh, specific things and, and really... You know, when you preach, you know, you got to go. You got to get it in and get everything you can. But I want to take some time and really begin to teach. And so we're going to start this hopefully sometime, maybe this fall. I don't know. We'll see. We're just trying to figure out the schedule and how we can do it. But I'm so excited. I want to teach you guys because I think this is one critical moment, one critical thing that I think a lot of the times we miss. And as worship pastors and as those of us who lead worship on the stage, we sometimes don't even know these things. And I've been learning. I'm like, God, teach me. But it's more than just for the people on stage. Worship is not for just people up here. Worship is for all of us here. It's for all of us. So how do we do it? The word worship. Now, now I ain't no Greek scholar and I am no Hebrew scholar, but I'm going to help us. This is, this is just how I learn. All right, so here we go. I want to teach you this word. The word says, this word is proskuneo. P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. Proskuneo. All right, that's how you pronounce it. This is the Greek word most often used in the Bible for worship. So when you see the word worship in the Bible, in the New Testament mostly, actually all of those that proskuneo is in the New Testament, the word is divine for worship. It's the Greek word for worship. And the proskuneo has, has, about, has three pretty uh, confident meanings, and I want to give you these three meanings, and we're going to break this down a little bit. Is that all right? It's a little teaching, but I'm going to preach some too, so just hold on. You might want to buckle up because I'm... Mm, this is going to be good. Proskuneo. So the Greek word most often used for worship, the word means to bow down. And not just bow down, but it's bow down flat. It, I was going to get down on the stage. But I'm talking about face down, flat. Face down, like that. Face down. That's, it's bow down. That's one, one meaning. And a, another meaning it means to adore. Or, or great love or great sacrifice. And the last meaning is a kiss. 
an expression of a kiss, or a blown kiss, or a, an affectionate kiss. All right? So proskuneo. So when that word was used in the Bible, the people knew what that meant in the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, Hebrew, the word meant to bow low, and it was a different word, and it's uh, shaka. S-H-A-C-H-A-H. S-H-A-C-H-A-H. Shaka. And that, that word meant to bow low, to bow down. So let's talk about the first aspect of the word worship here, and let's see what God has to say. So how do we worship a holy God? We realize that He is the creator of all things, and we know that we, deserve, we don't deserve anything, but He gave us so many good things. But So how do we worship Him? So I believe this bowing is important. First of all, for there to be true worship, there must be honor. So if you, man, I'm telling you, Pastor's been teaching about this and preaching about this over the course of the last several months, and he's been hitting it here and there. And when he started speaking about honor, the Lord just started uh, drawing me to scriptures about honor and teaching me about honor and ways to honor and different things. And I don't have time to go in that tonight, but, but I'm here to tell you, he is a king that deserves honor. He is a king that deserves honor. Now, if a celebrity of some sort were to come in here, and I can't even think of a celebrity, and I don't even get... Celebrity, I don't, I doesn't matter. Somebody come in as famous, I'm like, who are you? Okay, whatever. But if somebody famous were to come in this room, I don't know, the president. If the president were to walk in here, I think that I would honor him. I think all of us would honor him because of the position that he holds, right? Because of the, the station that he is, because of, who, because of the name, the title that he holds. He is president. He's our president. We honor him because of that. If, our, if a judge were to, one of our judge, local judges, we, we honor him because of his position. So there is, a, there is an honor, there is a bowing, there is a kneeling. So uh, used to, in old days, you wouldn't, if you, if you were the man that was in charge, nobody would be sitting higher than you in that room. Right? He would be the highest one. And there's the music. So we must bow before and honor our king. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He is the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. We must find places of honor, places of humility. Say places of humility. Places of submission. Look, that's what, when, when a king comes in the room, you honor the king. And he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he deserves our respect and our honor and our submission to him and our kneeling. So you say, well, does that mean I have to kneel down and worship? Maybe. Maybe so. So you say, well, I'm just not, you know, I'm really comfortable with that. Well, there was other people in the Bible who weren't comfortable with that either. And it was like this. They were... Um, they were stiff-necked. That's what it said. So you didn't know. You know about the stiff-necked people. They, they were, they wouldn't bow, right? They, they. The, that's that word stiff-necked. Let's see here. And I believe so. When the children of Israel, I'm gonna have to just move ahead because we're running out of time. The children of Israel, listen. He said, "You stiff-necked people. I, I don't even want you to go any further because I might even just destroy you." So what is it? If you weren't to bow down, what is, you can imagine stiff. Stiff neck, stiff neck, you see it? So let me ask you this question. When it comes to God and the things of the Lord and His worship, the things that He deserves, are we holding back from God? Are we 
a stiff-necked people who he would almost just rather destroy? Or are we a people that says, God, I bow and honor and glory to the King of Kings? Do we hold back from him? He is worthy. So the first part there is the bowing. The next part is the sacrifice. So we're talking about Prescaneo, bow. I believe there's a great sacrifice that must come along with this as well. I don't have time to read this story, but in Abraham, uh, Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22, you can go and look at there and see it. But this is the story of Abraham and Isaac when Abraham was going to slay his son. And there's a scripture there. It says in verse five, he says, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. That word worship was the first time the word worship was ever mentioned in the Bible, by the way. And Abraham said it and they were going to worship and he was going to kill his only son sacrifice his best thing give away the thing he loved the most the thing he waited for for so long he was ready to lay it down and let me tell you this man if you want to know how to worship a king you want to proskuneo before him you want to bow before him there has to be a sacrifice there must be a price that is paid See, because this picture of Abraham and Isaac was a picture of Jesus and God. God gave His only Son because He loved us so much. And God said of Abraham, I see that you love me because you are willing to give me your best and give me your all. And so after that, He said, so now I'm going to bless you. And people are going to call you blessed from generations. And your seed will be blessed. And their seed will be blessed. And their seed will be blessed. Nations will be born from you because you Loved me so much, you were willing to sacrifice everything. Worship must include sacrifice. True worship must cost you something. True worship must cost you something. So, well, you say, well, how do I make that practical? Well, I'm here to tell you, man, if you come to worship, if you come to service and maybe there's a worship's happening, worship service, and you're just, and you're pressing in, you're just like, I don't know if it, but I'm telling you, sometimes you got to go past your feelings, go past your day, go past your thoughts, go past your circumstances. Just say, God, I'm here because I want to give you my best and go ahead and give him your best and say, God, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to go ahead and give God my second, my third, my fourth. He rejects it. He does not accept second hand offerings. He only wants our best. So maybe you need to be like me and say, God, how have I missed it? How can I worship you? How can I give you my best, God? I don't want to hold back and be selfish, God. But I want to be one that worships you. It has to be a great sacrifice. When I asked my wife to marry me uh, so many years ago, now more than 20. um, I saved up. I worked hard. I, I scrimped, I ate nothing, I worked hard, I worked harder, and I worked harder, and I bought the what? What I buy? The ring. And I gave her the ring. She said yes twice because she was so broken up in emotion. No, I'm kidding. She was like, what? What would you say? I think she wanted to hear me say it twice. Anyway, she, that, but she wore that ring with pride. Why? Because... Now she belongs to me and I belong to her. There was an engagement. There was a commitment. There was something. Say, listen, God paid an ultimate price for you. He gave you his best. He gave you his engagement ring. And that is his word. And that is his love and his grace and his, and his, and his uh, abundance. So today, because of his great commitment to us, we say, God, I am yours. And this is a great picture of our commitment to God and his commitment to, uh, to us is this marriage relationship.
Because we are the bride of Christ. Adorned for beauty. So, but why would God want such a terrible bride? <laughs> Ladies, would you, would you want a terrible man? Would you want a lazy man? A man that doesn't, he just, he doesn't do nothing. Don't want to work. Don't want to, don't want to pray. Don't want to do nothing. Just sit around and do, is there, any lady want that? Nobody, nobody lady, no lady's going to pick that man. Oh yeah, I want that guy right there, man. That's the one I want. That one that just sits around, does nothing. He never shows affection. That's, that's my man right there. No, you don't. That's not how it is, right? But see, but that's how God. Do you, do you realize that we are a stained, spotted, wrinkled, terrible, horrible bride? <laughs> we didn't. We come to Him with nothing. We come to Him with brokenness and emptiness and sin and problems, and and He says, "I choose you." And not only that, I'm going to do something over Him. I'm going to wash you with this, His Word and His blood. And that red blood makes us white as snow. And we become His pure bride because He makes us that. We can worship the God of heaven because of the great sacrifice that He gave. So we must be willing to pay the price. You must be willing to pay the price. Say, I must be willing to pay the price. And man, I want to tell you some more stuff. Luke chapter 7. Go ahead and write this down and you can go look at it. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. This is the... The story of the the sinful woman when she she broke the alabaster vessel and she washed Jesus' feet and she kissed His feet. This woman right here is probably one of the greatest examples besides Jesus in the Bible about worship. So if you want to learn a little bit about worship, I would would suggest going to the Scripture and, and really studying through this. Because this is one of the greatest examples of worship that has ever been seen in the Bible. Besides from Jesus. You know, and she broke that vessel, and it was a cost some. That was a very expensive oil. It may have been a year's wage. She may have saved that, and it was going to be her dowry. It was going to be something important. But she broke it and gave it to Jesus, her very best. So why do we come to God and just say, "All right, God, here's my offering. Do with it what you want." All right, see you next time. We make it just a flippant thing, just a, a get by moment, just a. I just, I just get ten minutes in, I'll be good. I, I just, I just, okay, I'll sing that one worship song, and I, I like that song. It's good for me. What's good for God? How about let's ask Him, God, what do you want to hear today? What song do you want me to sing to you this morning in worship? What song do you want me to, to sing over you today? Listen, I think we make it so much about ourselves that we miss the point. Worship is for the King. She broke it. The fragrance filled the room. She pulled down her hair. And back in those days, the hair represented the glory of the woman. She took down her glory. Humbled herself. Washed his nasty, poop-filled, dirty old feet. Walking around all out there in the... You know what I'm saying? It's nasty. With her tears. Washed his feet. And they all watched and they said, What is it? You knew what kind of woman she is? If you knew what that was, you would tell her to get away. And he looked at her and she kissed his feet. Kiss. So I want to talk a little bit about the holy kiss. Because I believe that there is an expression of worship that must happen. Love is not love unless it's expressed. Let me talk to this side. Love is not love unless it is expressed. How many of you want your husband, your wife, your your person to, to never tell you they love you? 
to never hold your hand, to never give you a kiss, to never show you any affection. That's a dead marriage. But we treat God this way. No affection. God is a personal God. Did you know that? He's not a far off person. He is a personal God. He is a close God. He is a God that wants to be near. He's a God that wants to heal and touch and bless and draw. He is a God that is near. So how do we approach a near God? A God that wants to be near. We come to Him with our affection. It must be expressed. True worship must be expressed. God expresses love for us in many ways. But, the, you know, uh, J- Gary Chapman wrote a book about five, five love languages, right? And there are words of affirmation, quality time, giving and receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Now, if you don't know, just write Gary Chapman down and you can find it later. Words of affirmation. God looks for praise. We got to praise Him. I praise you, God, for who you are. Why is it that every service that we start that we start praising, every time I'm at that microphone, I say, "Come on, how many of you know you got a reason to praise God? Think about your life. Think about what He's done. How about we lift a shout of praise to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who is worthy of all glory? Do I, do you think that I do that just because I, it's something that we do? No, this is this is the way that we enter in. This is the way that we get close to the God of of all peace and the God of all glory. This is the way we find His heart as we. Pray Praise Him. Words of affirmation. Quality time, obviously. There must be time for intimacy. Now, I kiss my children. I kiss them. They're my babies. I don't care how big they are, I'm going to kiss them. My boy, you ask him. I kiss him just about every day. You just ask him. I kiss my boy. Kiss him on his face. Kiss him on his head. Kiss him all the time because I love my, my kids. Now, if I were to walk up to Jerry over there and just start kissing him on the face and on the head, Jerry would be like, excuse me, sir, uh... I love you and everything, you know, I know the word says greet with a holy kiss, but this is a little bit weird, sir. Uh, back up. Why is it different for me and Jerry than it is for me and my son? Because me and my son have a more intimate relationship. Now, my wife and I, I kiss her a whole lot different than I kiss anybody else. And that kiss is reserved for only her. And you ain't going to see that kiss. That kiss is Intimate. It's personal, it's private. There needs to be intimate moments with you and God where you're close to Him, where you express your love to Him, where you... And, and some of you, man, you, you like to express your intimate love all over the sanctuary. You know, get clotheslining people, you know. <clears throat> you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Listen, I think some things are reserved for those intimate moments with Him. The kiss is important. Listen, we're running out of time. Wouldn't you stand with us? Our love for God must be expressed. It must be expressed. There has to be a sacrifice. It must cost you something. Can we bow our heads tonight? I just want to pray with you. Maybe you're in here and you're like me and you've heard these words tonight and you've just been, you know, stirred and just... God's speaking to you and drawing you. You say, oh man, that's so good. But at the same time, you're thinking, oh man, maybe I've been a little bit stiff-necked to the Lord. In my obedience to be humble, in my obedience to Him, it's humility, submission. Maybe you're the one that says, well, you know, it's just not my nature to be expressive in my feelings. You know, I'm not a huggy kind of person, you know, and I just... You know, I tell my wife, I told her I love her when I married her, and I ain't changed my mind yet. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you, man, there's more to life 
This life with Christ is a, is, a, is a life that is to be expressed daily. And so maybe you're here and you say, I've struggled with that. I need, I need help to express my love to God in a, in a deeper way. And I don't want to be a person who, who, who holds back from a selfish need and says, God, you're, you're not important to me. Because he gave us his best. I want to give him my best. So tonight, listen, I, I want to pray together with you. And, and maybe you're just here and you say, you know what? Stephen, I just, I, I want to I be a true worshiper of God. That first scripture you read, true worshiper, spirit and truth. I want God to chase after me. I want God seeking me because I'm a true worshiper. If any of those things apply to you, can you just run with me to the altar here? I just want to agree together. And there's nothing special about this carpet right here. The only thing special is about your obedience. Did you know that when you love God so much, you obey Him? And when you obey God, it expresses love to Him? When you obey God, it expresses love to Him. When you obey God, it expresses your love to Him. As a matter of fact, that's one of the most important things He loves. He loves obedience. He loves obedience. It's His favor that He loves to be obeyed. <laughs> that's His love language. When you obey Him, there's an expression of love there. So what I want to do here tonight is, listen, I, we're going we're gonna to pray with you and agree with you, but, uh, but I'd like to just to take a minute just make this commitment. Because when the word is released, there is an anointing with this word. And when we receive this word and we say, God, this is for me. When you do that, something happens on the inside and you begin to receive God's word and it begins to transform your life. So just close your eyes and lift your hands and say, God, I thank you that you are the omniscient creator. That you are my lover. That you're my friend. That you're the giver of all life. God, I don't want to be a stiff-necked person. I don't want to be a prideful person. God, I want to be a person who loves you and expresses that love intimately. Show me, Holy Spirit, where I have been wrong. Teach me, oh God, your ways. Open my eyes to see your truth. Help me to be one that is willing to give the best gift we thank you Jesus for your word we thank you God for what you spoke we praise you now take a few minutes here and just go ahead and just connect with the with the heavenly father listen he wants to be right here with you right now he wants to speak to you he wants to minister life to you he wants to show you what it means to be a worshiper show you what it means to be a person who has who has broken that stiff neck attitude and so maybe you need to bow maybe you need to kneel maybe you need to take a moment and say god i'm submitting my life my heart my health my everything to you god my finance my purpose god all of those things don't matter god i want to be one that comes to you and is not looking to, to worship just so I can get something. God, but I want to come to you because I love you. And because you love me so much. I want to bless you, God. I want to bless you, God. I want to bless you, God. I want to bless you, Jesus. The difference between David and Samuel was Samuel had a heart after God. He had a heart of submission to the God. To God. Samuel Samuel was he was prideful. Listen, I don't want to stand before you and be prideful. I want to be a hum humble servant, a submissive servant to the King of Kings. One that loves Him and worships Him with all of my heart. With all of my soul and all of my strength. Proskuneo. Let me be one that bows before you. That gives you the best gift. And that expresses my love to you. So we're going to just going to take a minute. I'm going to... 
they want to sing a song, they can. If otherwise, I don't. We're just going to take a minute here in God's presence, and we are going to worship. It has nothing to do with music. What it has to do is with proskuneo, bowing, humbling, sacrificial gift. Give my best. An expression of God. So maybe, man, woman, who are in here. You're like, well, I'm just not that kind of. I'm, I'm not the lift hands kind of person. I'm not the bow. See, one. Hopefully, we'll get to be able to teach a little bit about some of the expressions of worship that are in the Bible and what God asks from us. But as for now, just know that God is calling you to more. So we're gonna just take a minute and worship.